Your zone of genius is what is unique to you. And this goes back to why you should have an assistant to do things that are in your zone of competence and your zone of excellence. Because when you're not operating in your zone of genius, you're always feeling like you're missing something. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Today on the show, I have Cheryl Sanguinetti. Cheryl's from Calgary, Alberta, and she was actually one of the very first people to go through our $25 million blueprint program. And I absolutely love Cheryl's drive and hustle. So just imagine this. So in 2017, when we first came up with this program, we said, hey, this program is for people that are doing around 10 million and you want to go to 25 million. And Cheryl was not at 10 million. In fact, she was a baby broker, brand new. She had a new baby. And she had sent me a request to join the program, even though she was brand new. And in there, I read the request that she sent me, which is hilarious. She didn't know I was going to do this. And she is now, not only she passed 25 million this year already, but amazing mortgage broker and in a really, really tough market. Depending on where you are in the country or which country you're, if you're in Canada or the US, the Calgary market is very challenging, very difficult market. And she was just awarded top 5% at her company nationally. So absolutely fantastic news for Cheryl. It's just a testament to her drive and dedication. A couple things I took away from this. One, I was a reminder of the importance of being bold. The reason she came into that program, one of the hallmarks of her success is her boldness, her being willing to ask for help, her being willingness to ask for business. And you're going to get that sense from Cheryl when you listen to this episode. And I just absolutely love, love, love her drive. I was talking to one of our team the other day. And I'm like, I wonder if there was a way to like, 100% accurately tell if somebody brand new was going to be successful in the mortgage business. And we were like, you know what? There is no way to know for certain, but one thing that has to be there is drive. And Cheryl has that in spades. Hey, before we get into this episode, so we're rebooting the $25 million blueprint program. So it's something that we originally done three years ago. And if we have a specialty in helping mortgage brokers, it's taking people that are at the $10 million mark, not like Cheryl was, and then helping them get to 25. So whether you're at 11 and you want to go to 24, you're at nine, you want to go to 18, that is our specialty. And I feel like it's our specialty because when you can do 10 million a year, you know how to do mortgages. We're just going to show you how to get more of them and how to scale it. So if you're interested in that, go to 10loansamonth.com. That's the number 10loansamonth.com. You can get signed up to get notification for when that goes live, that update. It's an amazing program. Looking forward to having you there. Check out 10loansamonth.com and check out this episode. Hey, Cheryl, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. So I'm really excited to have you on because we connected several years ago. And so this is the first time we're doing a podcast interview. But before we get started, tell me a little bit about yourself and how did you get into the mortgage business? Sure. So my name is Cheryl Sanguinetti. I am a mortgage broker in Calgary and my company is The Mortgage Gallery. Invest is my brokerage and I've been licensed since the end of 2016. And what were you doing before you got into mortgages? Well, I was mostly having kids. (laughs) So from about 2012 till 2016, I was home with my boys, just sort of supporting my husband in his business. And prior to that, I had been in and out of different types of real estate and financing since I was 20 years old. So I've kind of touched everything, mostly on the commercial side though. Yeah. And then got into this in 2016. Right. Have you loved every minute of it? Or has there been any points where you're like, man, this is harder than I thought? I can't say, man, this is harder than I thought outside of the mental strength that it's taken to sort of go through the ups and downs and not having sometimes consistent business and feeling like how I was going to get to the next level. 
but I've always loved it. When I got into it, I thought I would be doing it part-time. I was like, you know, here's something I can do. I can help support my family a little bit, do it part-time, be home with my boys. And I actually don't know why I thought that because I don't ever really do anything half-assed. Half? Yeah, no. it's okay. You can say that. Yeah. It's <laughs> not an explicit rating on the show. No, just kidding. Yeah. But yeah, you're like, hey, I'm going to do this. I want to do it well. That's just your yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay, cool. So before we dive into the rest of your story, I'd love to ask about a quote that's had an impact on your life or business. I love how quotes are portable, memorable. And so do you have one that's impacted you? Yeah. So I'm going to cheat a little bit, Scott, because I have a couple, but they kind of tie with each other. So the first one that's really been impactful for me, especially this year, is what is the true cost of this? And another way to say that would be, if I'm saying yes to this, what am I saying no to? Mm, That's that's really good. So, okay, give me an example of how you've applied this, this whole idea of what is the true cost of this? Yeah, so this can be applied in business. It can be applied with my family. Like, there's just so many things. And I was born a yes person. So it's really easy for me to just say, you know, I'm going to squeeze this in. I'm going to make time for it. But really, you can't squeeze time. Time is time. So I really had to stop and look at things I'm saying yes to and be like, okay, this is either going to take time away from my family, take time away from my business, take time away from myself. Is it now worth it? Is it actually a priority for me? What's something that you said no to recently that you were like, oh, I'd like to do this, but I can't because I know I can't fit it in right now because there's no extra time. Yeah. So this one's probably going to sound crazy, but I had a realtor reach out and ask me to do like a webinar series for new home buyers. And at the end of the day, the reason I said no to that was because just sort of watching this person on social media, they didn't really align with my values. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. And is this someone I'm actually going to want to work with long-term? Like there is a cost to working with people that you don't align with. So this might bring me business and it might not, but let's assume it does. But is this somebody that I want to work with? Right. So you end up on a path that you're like, Hey, I don't actually want to be here. If this actually worked out really, really well, I'd be like, it's probably not ideal. So it's better to say no, even though it seemed like it might've been a good opportunity. That's really good. Yeah, exactly. So I want to ask about failure because obviously as a business owner, as a mortgage broker, there's failure that happens, but there's always lessons in it. Can you share an example of something that you failed at and then the lesson you learned? Yeah, I was trying to think what would be a good story because there's just so many failures, Scott. Like, choose one. I don't know. I got into mortgage brokering when I was in my 30s. So insert failures before that. I always look back and I'm like, why didn't I start this sooner? I would say though, and this kind of ties into another question I think you had, but one of the biggest failures I had was when I started in this business. And that was assuming that I wasn't busy enough to have processes in place. Like, oh, I'll get to it. I am only working right. on one deal. I can just wrap my arms around this client. And I'll just yeah. take really good care of them. Yeah. Like, why do I need a process for this? I have one client. I know all the steps that I need to do. And so what ended up happening is as things got busier, then it was like, oh no, to go back and like put everything into a process now, like it's been way harder. I definitely count that as a failure because I think that I could have seen more growth and I think I could have been more organized. I think I could have been less stressed had I looked at it seriously from the get-go. Right. And we always talk about creating your customer journey, right? From that first contact to client for life and mapping out all the steps. And like, it is such an important piece of your business in order to like scale it. Maybe we'll talk about that more in a bit, but okay. So I want to ask about systems and your mortgage business has leads, team systems, the kind of like main areas of it. And so it's systems. What's something that you've changed in your systems or improved in the last sort of year or so? I'm curious. 
Yeah. So maybe not in this last year, because this last year has been a little bit weird. It's been a bit hairy. Yeah. A bit crazy. <laughs> but I think that the biggest change for me has been finding a CRM. And I use that term loosely because I feel like there's lots of different tools. That's like the favorite question in Island Mortgage Broker. Yeah. What's the best CRM? Oh, I know. It's like, <laughs> and it's just a gong show, right? Everyone's yeah. like, no, mine's the best. And it's like, yeah, exactly. But because I'm so good at keeping everything in my head, this has been a great change for me and actually seeing it down on paper. So I'm probably not going to say anything too exciting, but I use Trello. Like I do use Door as well, to be fair. Yeah. Shout out to Door. I really like the documents you can pull on Door and the way that you can send applications out to clients on Door. I really do like that system. But in terms of managing my deal flow, my needs, it's simple. I just absolutely love Trello. Yeah, it's pretty easy. I mean, it's from a yeah. simple tool to set up and you have checklists for each stage and you can you exactly. know, know everything that's happening. And so do you have an assistant now? Or what's up with your team? Yeah, that's a tricky question. <laughs> an assistant has been really tough for me. I think it's because I'm very specific and I know that about myself and I probably have high standards. But because my whole business has been really built on relationship and I value excellence so much, it's really important for me to find someone who's going to fit and also demonstrate that to clients when they're dealing with Have that same level of like care, client focus... Yeah, exactly. So unfortunately, I haven't quite found that yet. That's where I'm at with that. I right. do not have an assistant. At this but point. you definitely could use one. I saw yeah. recently you got like top 5% in your company or something. Is that right? Yeah, in national for our brokerage. Right. And you're not exactly in a like hopping market. No offense to Calgary, but compared to like <laughs> GTA and stuff, like yeah. there they're tripping over mortgages and your market is like much more challenging. Yeah. So. I will say though, July, August, even September, like something happened. I don't know if it was, I mean, I think it was the low rates and not having a lot of inventory, but stuff was booming here. There was definitely a lot of movement. It has slowed down a little bit, but yeah, in terms of compared to the rest of the country, we're definitely like Todd Hirsch came on a mindset call with our M3 group the other day and was like, well, Alberta is in the same boat as Newfoundland. Right not doing well. But you're creating your own market. So I want to actually read something to you. So remember you came in originally, you came into our $25 million blueprint program because that program was, we originally designed it. You had to do 10 million to do it and you were yeah. under 10 million. And I was looking at this, like, I was just dying Yeah, you're way under, but now you're way past that. So I just want to read this to you because this is just, I want you to remember when you wrote this and where you are now. Could you have imagined where you are now with your mortgage business compared to like two or three years ago? Yeah. Like, you're probably like pinch yourself, right? When you think about yeah. So he said, hey, I'm new to the mortgage business. My volume is much under 10 million. However, I implore you not to exclude me because of this. I'm a force to be reckoned with once I get on my way. I just love that. And it's totally true. You've done it, right? It's imperative in life to learn from the best if you want to be the best. I understand that you likely want persistence with a baseline. And I understand that. However, my volume is not indicative of my ability. I entered the profession at a time of major changes. And I see brokers being discouraged. However, even in my green state, I've never questioned my ability for success once I have a formula in place. I know I am confident that once I surround myself with the right people and educate myself in the right areas, I'll be a name you won't forget. You just hit five oh top five. Oh my God. Isn't that that crazy? is so ballsy. I can't believe I sent you that email. I know. You sent me this and I'm like, <laughs> you're in. I'm like, it's like the ride for the kids. It's like, here's the height you need to be. And I'm like, Cheryl's just like, no, no, man, we got to let her in. Like, she's oh going to be a force to be reckoned with. 
Oh my gosh. That is so funny. I got to find that email actually. I'll I'll send it to you after. So then it goes on a little bit more. Then the answer is don't count me out. I won't disappoint. I'm like, there is no chance that you're not coming into this program with that level of drive. And so, okay, you came into that program. How long did it take you to get past the $10 million mark? You remember when that was like, was it the next year? Was it like... So just to quickly go back to that, I also think you mentioned something that was super funny to me the other day. We texted about something, but the last text I had sent you was, hey, Scott, I'm pumping in the car. Oh yeah, right. That was hilarious. (laughs) I showed up to that blueprint. I just had my youngest. And so I'm like, I got a pump. You go ahead, carry on. And you're just like, who is this person? She's crazy. I almost hit 10 million the next year. So I was just under. You're past that, right? Like like, you need an assistant to keep up. Yeah. And so funny because 10 mil was always like my goal. I'm like, oh my gosh, if I hit 10 mil, I've made it. And then you know what happens when you're a driven entrepreneur, you're like, that's not enough. But it's funny, right? You hit that and then you're like, well, okay, what's next? Yeah. Right. That's what seems to happen. It's like you hopefully you celebrate for a little while, go like, hey, I did it. And now what's the next goal? Okay, so I had to share this with you because I'm like, when I read this, I was like, this is so awesome. Okay, I can't so believe that. <laughs> you had guts, man. But this is, yeah. you know what? What I see with new people is, who, especially when they come into our program, if they got that drive, like honestly, they're going to be successful. The difference yeah. is, is like, hey, hopefully we can shorten that learning curve. But really, they're like, you're going to be successful in this business because your personality is just, you've got drive, you're likable, you'll figure it out. Yeah. And so all these things, it's just those intangibles. But so I want to ask about your sales process. So what have you changed in your sales process in the last year? Well, it's had to be a big change actually, because I really relied a lot on the face-to-face. I am really about connection and sort of trying to build that connection and relationship with people. So I panicked a bit when it was like, hey, we can't meet people and I have to do everything over Zoom. What I realized though, I think, and this has sort of been the biggest change for me, is that there's ways to build those connections, even not having it face-to-face. And this has been incredible for me because it's given me more capacity to help more people. When I'm not traveling to go meet someone in person, that's saving half my day, let's say, if I'm meeting multiple people in the day. So that's been really incredible for me. And I've had a better year than I did last year with hardly meeting anyone face-to-face. Right. So it was just a surprise of, because you're good in person to person, but took it out and you actually, that's awesome. Yeah, I just assume that I have to be. I'm like, no, no. I so have do you use Zoom people. mostly or do you just use phone? What do you find works better? I use both, but with new home buyers, I really insist on Zoom because I like to screen share and show them numbers and show them what I'm talking about. And I find that that's really helpful. But I just make sure that the follow-up is there. Like all the things we talk about that you got to do to stay in touch with people, you know, the handwritten card afterwards or the phone call a couple weeks down the road. Those are the things I've been more consistent with because I'm not meeting. You have more time too though now. So like the difference is before you didn't have the same amount of time. So yeah, that's really good. Okay. So let me ask you this. What was for you your biggest takeaway that you had when you, from our training program? Oh my gosh, there are so many. I still do so many of the things I learned there. So like the all about you form, huge winner. We had a quick chat before you started recording about that realtor who I worked on for three years. And when I first met her, I did that all about you form on her. And she actually asked me about it afterwards. She's like, hey, can you send me that form? I'd love to do that with my clients. So that has been a great way for me to build connection. But I'd say the biggest takeaway was probably around writing your goals out. That's part of my everyday morning routine. 
Although I don't write them out, I'm not sure if you still encourage that 10 times. I sort of have a little bit different of a process. Yeah. But that was the first time I'd really been encouraged to do that and put things on paper and look at it daily. Right. And so that's helped you just get more focus or how did that help? Yeah, it helped me get more focused, but it's sort of like looking at your priorities at the beginning of the day. Because when you're not looking at your priorities at the beginning of the day, it's way easier for your day to railroad. And, right. and, and we can so reactive, right? Oh, email, yeah. problem with a file, problem with a yeah. Like you can just be sucked into like reactive mode yeah. all day long. Absolutely. And this is the first year that I've been super consistent with it. And I don't know what the voodoo magic is behind it, but there's something about when you put things out there and you're just constantly saying it, using the language, writing mm-hmm. it out. I you know I've just seen things change and shift and happen. It's been great. Right. Yeah, it's always interesting how much like mindset is so important. Like I was talking to my wife with this the other day. We were like, 10 years ago, I didn't even think about my like mindset was like not something now I'm like, man, it's like usually it's the first problem. It's like, hey, you got a problem. It's like, okay, what's the mindset around the problem? It's not the problem, it's our thinking about the problem. Yes. That's the problem. You fix that. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, there's a solution here. I can find a way around this. But so true. Mindset is so key. Okay. So I'm gonna ask some rapid fire questions. Uh, you can answer a shorter answer. So what's one thing you think is holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? I'm willing to do the uncomfortable things. So what's something that was uncomfortable for you when you started, but is a little less uncomfortable now? It's still uncomfortable, but it's getting in front of new referral sources. I had to go in and be okay with being someone's backup plan. And I had a chip on my shoulder at first, like, man, there's so many mortgage brokers. Everyone's going to have a mortgage broker. How am I going to work my way in? But it's just being willing to put yourself out there, take rejection and keep putting yourself out there. Right. Yeah. And eventually the backup gets first, you get your shot on the field and now all of a sudden you're the starter. Okay. So what's one thing or habit you think has made you successful? Persistence, definitely, which relates back to the question you just asked before. Yeah. And I was trying to think of a way to say this next one without it sounding cocky for lack of a better word, but commitment to excellence because I really, excellence is one of my core values. And when I'm operating at excellence, I feel like it shows up. Right. You sound a lot like Jules, my business partner. She's the same way. It's all like high touch, high care. Mm -hmm. And her clients just love her and trip over themselves to refer her. My parents are going to kill me that I just said cocky. So yeah. yeah. When they hear this. Yeah. Oops. (laughs) Hey, there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Arrogance is people reek of it. And it's like, you don't reek of arrogance at all. We're doing this on Zoom. So I really don't know. Maybe you do reek of arrogance. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, you don't. But you can feel it from people. So that's not the vibe you give off. Okay. So do you have an internet resource or software program you use to make your business more successful? You mentioned doors and Trello. Is there anything else that you can't live without? Actually, no, Trello is my go-to. Like I use that even on a personal level for like my to-dos. As soon as I have the app on my phone and I write a to-do on there, I find it's way better than, I mean, I carry a notebook around too, but Trello has just really kept me organized even in family life, my day-to-day. But for people who like pen on paper, I got this planner. I know you guys can't see this, but it's called Golden Coil. So if anyone's interested in a really great planner, you get to customize this. You can put anything you want, goal setting, priorities, monthly goals, weight loss, like whatever you want. It's very customizable. And, and I then love- they ship it to you? Yeah, they ship it to you. Oh, is that what um, you use for your morning routine? Yeah, I use it for my, I use it a lot. You can put, like, I've got a quote in here, a quote that I love. There's lots of different things you can do with it. So, And it's a very customized journal just for you that you can create. I'm going to check that out. 
Okay. So if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? Okay. So I love reading. So I had lots to choose from, but the one that's been, I'd say the most relevant for me this year is called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Have you read that one, Scott? I haven't, no. It's a game changer. So there's lots of things to talk about, but my biggest takeaway is him talking about living in your zone of genius. So we all have our zone of competence zone of excellence and zone of genius. When you read the book, it'll make sense. But I think that a lot of us in the mortgage world, we operate in a zone of excellence, which is we're good at this. We have- I can pull credit. I can get documents. I can like do the calculations. But the truth is, is your genius might be talking to the clients and- Exactly. Like your zone of genius is what is unique to you. And this goes back to why you should have an assistant to do things that are in your zone of competence and your zone of excellence. Because- When you're not operating in your zone of genius, you're always feeling like you're missing something. And that call to your life that you have, like, where is it? Why am I not feeling it? Yeah, I'm going to read that. I'm totally down with that. We talk about being in the right spot on the field or staying in your lane, but you got to know what that is in order to determine that, right? Yeah. This is a DeLorean question, the last one. So put you in, remember the movie Back to the Future and the car that could travel in time. Mm -hmm. So if I put you in that car and send you back to like day one when you were a mortgage broker and you could sit across from yourself in a diner, picture a diner and you're sitting there having coffee and you're like, Cheryl, you've got to listen. This is three things you must do. What would you tell yourself? Okay. So the first I touched on, which was you're not going to get less busy. So get your processes and systems in place now, even if you just have one deal you're working on. Right. Like the three deals I worked on in my first year. The second would be stop putting so much pressure on yourself. You're going to be fine. (laughs) It's funny that you read the email because the last one I had was be bold and put yourself in front of the right people. So another sort of thing that I did, and I remember the guys at my office being like, what are you doing? At the beginning of 2017, I had Dustin Woodhouse's How to Be a Broker book And I was hugely pregnant. So fun fact, like the day I got my license, I found out I was pregnant with my third son, which was just like, oh no, now what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? Yeah. Should I still do it? Like, no, I'm still going to do it. And I heard that Dustin was coming to town for something. And I just called him up. I'm like seven months pregnant in the winter. Hey, can we have dinner? He's like, who are you? I'm like, just some new broker pregnant lady showed up to that dinner and talked his ear off and asked a lot of questions. And I feel like I'm almost less bold now, but I was just at the time, like feeling like if I'm going to be successful, just like I said in that email, I just need to get in front of the right people. And one of the things that I had done, and I can't remember if I shared this with you, but when I first was looking to get into this business, I didn't know where to start. And I remember going on Google and just Googling best mortgage brokers in Canada. And I love mortgage brokering came up. Yeah. I literally found a day home, sent my kids to a day home three days a week. And all I did was watch your podcasts and write notes. I've got a folder somewhere in this office with just a stack of notes because I didn't know where to start. Like, what do I do? Where do I start? So you're providing such a great resource. So now you're here like, Hey, three years later, right? You were like, that baby broker and and now you're on the show. So that's amazing. So is there anything I should have asked you or any final thoughts? We wrap this up. Yeah. So one of the quotes I was going to say, and I don't know if this would be encouraging for anybody who needs to be encouraged right now. One of the quotes that I think of all the time, and I kind of just made it up is everything that is meant for me is already mine. 
So I used to stay up at night and really stress about deals and like to the point where sometimes I'd wake up at three in the morning and jump on my laptop and, oh, maybe I missed something. And right. I still work as hard as I can for my clients, but I'm not hanging on to things so tightly. And it's given me peace and it's given me the ability to look forward and say, what's meant to be is going to be. Yeah. And not try to force it and be like stressed out and like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because now when I'm working on a deal, it's just, I can trust, you know what? This is going to happen if it's meant to happen. These clients are going to stay with me if these clients are meant for me. If they're not meant to be my clients, there's nothing I can do. So just right. keep doing your best. And I'm sort of looking at it as a long-term picture. I'll just keep doing my best, keep doing my best. And I'm going to land where I'm supposed to land. Right. That's awesome. This has been a lot of fun chatting with you and yeah. walked a memory lane. I'll send you that thing you sent me. You can yeah, have a laugh you. at it. And thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. Happy Thanksgiving. You too. Hey, friends. Thanks for checking out this episode. Cheryl is very inspiring, just so positive and full of energy. And it's amazing the success she's having. It's so excited for her. So if you are a mortgage broker and you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I'm at the $10 million mark and you've been stuck there for any amount of time, whether it's a year, two years, five years, then you really need to check out our $25 million blueprint program. It is our specialty taking people from the $10 million mark to the $25 million mark. So check out this program. You can go to 10loansamonth.com and get on the list for when the workshop goes live. That's 10loansamonth.com, the number 10. And thanks again for checking out this episode.